Oh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Thank you, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram. Thank you for what you do out there, Ted Teague. Tremendous job, tremendous inventory, and love going out there uh, for the service. My goodness, a huge area, 55,000 square feet. And that's why uh, a guy like Curtis Quillen, uh, who certainly probably drives a luxury vehicle, that's the kind of place he needs. He needs a place that specializes in efficiency. Curtis, welcome back to the program. Uh, a lot has happened. As I was about to introduce you, I was kind of thinking in my mind, wait, have I talked to Curtis since the Baylor coaching change? And I guess we might have texted back and forth, but I don't think I've had you on since then. Um, and, and, of course, we had all sorts of – you've had softball, baseball, a uh, lot on your plate – but then Baylor did go ahead and and make the change. Um, Curtis, this uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be kind of fascinating to watch. The, I guess the way I want to ask this to you is there are reports of several players, and I'm talking about key players, already in the uh, uh, transfer portal. Do you think that almost? And I'll ask Mac about this at five o'clock today. Does that expedite? the search process even more than usual or or do you think it's sort of expedited anyway even without that knowledge yes and no um the problem that you're going to run into in trying to expedite the process because the players going into the portal is that candidates that they're going to want to talk to are still playing and it's a little hard to expedite this process whenever you have to either fly to a regional site or fly to a super regional site and work around practice schedules. And so um, I, I don't know that it expedites it, um, but I think that it need, it's a thing that needs to be addressed. And I don't think it's that Mac doesn't think it's important because you do have these key players going into the portal. I think it is uh, one of those where, okay, this is the thing that's happening, but we're early in the cycle. Uh, we are early in the coaching cycle. This happened, what, the day after the Big 12 Tournament Championship game. This happened on the day of the selection show. So there's a lot of coaching movement in college baseball that will happen between now and the start of the College World Series on June 18th. Yeah, and as we start to hear, uh, Curtis, some of the names that are out there, I think Dan Heefner's the first name that a lot of people think of because of the. Yeah. Uh, the it's a great religious fit. Um, it's uh, he's had tremendous success uh, recruiting to a private school. I think is a unique animal, uh, and and I think you know having someone that it's has an equivalency sport. Correct, and I think that's uh, I you know you're right and. Um, and I think some programs out there, not all private schools, are created equal because Stanford and Vanderbilt and some of these others, Rice even, they do it a little differently. When you talk about equivalency, there's uh, they do find money from different buckets. Um, which of these names kind of excites you the most as, as you think about what uh, decision Baylor may end up making here? So uh, this is where I plug my column from Monday night. Um, talked with a with with a source well connected at Baylor who said that you know knowing the way that that university operates, knowing the way that, that search unfolded when they hired Steve Rodriguez back in the summer of 2015, 
that the two names that came to mind for him, Heathner was on that list. Another one that he that this source said that you know a bunch of people on social media have have you know wanted to talk about for this job is Mitch Thompson at MCC. You know, does he? Uh, and there's a lot of reasons I ask this question. So go on this journey with me. But does he take the call from Baylor? Has he grown to love the junior college game? Because there are those kinds of co- Tim Tadlock. I don't think anybody was real confident he would like the power conference level of baseball. I don't know Tim Tadlock from Adam, but I remember that kind of speculation. Like, man, he was really good at junior college. Like, is he going to like it? I'd say he likes it. He's pretty successful at Texas Tech. And so, you know, Mitch is a really good baseball coach, and he's built some. he has built something remarkable there uh, over at Bosque River Ballpark. So that's a call that Baylor fans are going to want made because that's someone who is well-connected in Waco, has lived in Waco since 95. He was a, he was a key part of all of the success of the Steve Smith era there at Baylor. Um, the other two names that knowing, you know, one of the things that journalists are really good at is noticing tendencies from people and behaviors. So one of the tendencies that I've noticed from Mac Rhodes is that he likes to hire either the flashy assistant, like the big name assistant, or the hot young, uh, the hot young coach who's building a name for himself. Matt, uh, you know, Matt Rule fits the second billing on that one. Dave Aranda fit the first. And so two examples of that kind of a hire for Mac Rhodes. So looking at that, I was able to, I looked at, you know, two other names that I think might uh, be interesting to see. And that's Rob Walton, the pitching coach at Oklahoma State, who was uh, a wildly successful head coach at Oral Roberts for nine years, went nine for nine, winning the conference every single year he was at Oral Roberts. Uh, it, he played in more regionals than Baylor has in the last, uh, what, 10 years uh, he, while he was there. And he played in the Super Regional while he was there at Oral Roberts. And then the fourth one, and this is the one that's off the wall and I think fits Mac Rhodes' uh, hiring billing more than almost anybody that I've been able to come up with in college at baseball. Uh, can I interest you in Stephen Trout at Texas State? Yeah. Yeah, I'm certainly interested. Yeah, That I mean, is I a program that was ranked as high as 11th in the polls going into the conference tournament. And I'm convinced Texas State would have won the Sun Belt Tournament had the Sun Belt not been forced to go to single elimination because of weather. Yeah, I, I, I like the – I think the Texas connections and all of that. I, I got to say, I, this Maryland coach's name has come up a couple times, you know, and, and, and I, I kind of I, – I keep – I just think that's a fascinating. I think in some of these interviews they've done with players, they they want they're asking for a youthful, a younger coach. Now that doesn't, you know, that rules out a few people, right? And they don't have right. to. You can have energy in your fifties. I hope so. Yeah. In, in the coming years, I'll be I'll be joining that crowd. So I hope you you know <laughs> to have plenty of energy. But but so I don't think you have to. But I do think. That is one of the things that keeps coming up is, uh, you know, somebody that brings tremendous energy, excitement, youthful sort of exuberance, and for whatever reason, th- this staff. And, again, Curtis, not to get too far into it, but, I mean, 
what is this staff supposed to do? This thing was going the wrong direction, and I guarantee you they felt all kinds of pressure because they knew it was going the wrong direction. And so I don't think probably Steve and his staff were the most affirming, you know, uh, uh, positive people to be around. The last, What college coach is? When, when the season's going right. the wrong direction. So I, I think sometimes we it's pretty easy to go, well, this staff was not doing this or that. Losing and, and you know reads what I all that. Yeah. Is, is all those Big 12 championships that, were, that the campus won this year. And then you have the baseball team. Yeah, basketball had all the same injury issues uh, that the baseball program did. And it cost the Bears a, a chance to advance to the NCAA tournament past the second round. Um, that's not really a secret. Um, the Lady Bears, the Baylor women's basketball team, they had issues with depth all season long in basketball. They they, they still won the Big 12 Conference uh, outright. The football team changed quarterbacks twice during the season, still won the Big 12, still won the Sugar Bowl. So I think that might be kind of what did this staff in. I, it, it was very clear to me that, you know, and I haven't spoken with Mac about it. There wasn't a press conference afterward. But when you read between the lines in that press release they sent out on Monday, it became clear that this was a, look, man, this ain't going well. You can either go into the hot seat or get fired or stay safe and just walk away now and we'll move on. And it seemed clear to me that that kind of was what happened. I know that uh, Rod and Strauss are both widely acclaimed in college baseball and deservedly so. I mean, they won a lot of baseball games at Baylor. But, I mean, sometimes things stop progressing. And it could be that it, it could be the way college athletics is changing. It could be that, you know, recruiting in the Big 12 is changing. It could be that it could be a whole host of things. But, you know, you can't – you can blame this season on injuries. What about last year? Yeah. Yeah, and you could blame you – could, you, could, you could do it with – you could say COVID got them in the end, but it was not a, it was not a great season. But why season. are you in that situation? I, absolutely. I get it. I, I mean, you can find little excuses and that kind of thing, but – it, it uh, In the end, it may have been time uh, for a change, and we shall see what happens. Now, uh, Curtis, are you, uh, what's, your, what's your situation like? Are you monitoring all these? Uh, you See, you got a couple of dogs in the hunt. You've got Oklahoma State baseball, your alma mater. You've got Oklahoma State softball is in the mix. Okay. I would say uh, pretty exciting times, right, for the Big 12 and uh, for what, you know, obviously for a couple more years, we're going to have some of these teams in the Big 12. This is a, uh, th- this is, there's an opportunity to, you, you could, you could uh, have the Big 12 sweep the, the college women's World Series uh, as well as the college uh, World Series. I mean, that's pretty, pretty remarkable to see how, you know, how well all these programs are doing. Oh, it's a it's a billboard spring for the Big 12 Conference, I think, for certain. I mean, three Big 12 teams get into the NCAA softball team. All three make it to Oklahoma City, uh, and they're not in the same bracket. So there is a chance that it's an all-Big 12 final. That's what I've got my fingers crossed for. I just, I'm just i hoping somehow Oklahoma gets upset along the way because I'd love to see my alma mater hoist a uh, trophy. Um, but I saw a stat last night. Oklahoma's won like 39 out of 45 games by run rule this season. So I'm not thinking that's going to happen. 
Um, <laughs> and you know, it's a on the baseball side, and it's a. I don't know what the committee was drinking while they were um, putting this bracket together on the baseball tournament. Whatever it is, I would like a bottle of it to celebrate my wedding in a couple of weeks because five teams get into the big into the NCAA tournament, which is what everybody thought was going to happen, and it was the exact same five everybody thought it was going to be. But then the outright Big 12 regular season champion, TCU, and yes, TCU had some non-conference kind of snafus along the way, but they won a Power 5 conference, get the two seed and get sent to Texas A&M just so that the uh, they can boost those TV ratings and, and get more viewers on the NCAA baseball tournament with the Schloss Bowl. And then you've got Texas, which finished fifth. Not tied for second, not tied for third, sole possession of fifth place in the Big 12, hosting a regional. I don't get it. Oklahoma State in first place in the conference going into the final weekend, you know, kind of stubs its toe with that walk-off win by Baylor on the first night of that series, gets swept by Texas Tech. But the body of work was there early in the year to justify Oklahoma State hosting a regional. That made sense. They finished tied for second, all of that, and then they get to the semifinals uh, of the Big 12 tournament. So they won games in Arlington. Okay. But the other two teams that they finished tied for second with, one is a three seed in the Statesboro Regional, and the other one uh, was Oklahoma, which gets sent to Gainesville, Florida. So I have some serious questions <laughs> for the NCAA Baseball Selection Committee. Um, I do think that of the two seeds in the tournament, TCU is one of the two that I have as, as a, having a really good chance of getting to the Super Regional um, and I am if, – if they play A&M tomorrow, I want ESPN. I'm begging ESPN to put a camera on Jim Schlossnagel and another one on Kirk Sarlos, and let's just, let's just see what they do throughout the <laughs> They've played some – they've had some epic games over the years, oh, extra sure. inning stuff, and so that's been, uh, that's been really good. Now, lastly – um, our, our local, I mean, Baylor ballparks, uh, Valley Mills, Bosqueville, um, that, that series has been a lot of fun. Crawford gets the state title. Our own Ward Whites was there to call that one. Um, uh, China Spring uh, took down uh, Carthage. And, um, and, and, of course, there's a game coming up on that one. The uh, Game 2 will come up, I believe, uh, what, this evening? I mean, this is, uh, this is a, it's a great time to be a Central Texas sports fan with some uh, tremendous – and other people had deep runs. But uh, what are you thinking, first of all, uh, about this uh, about this game out there at uh, Baylor Ballpark tonight? So I'm actually pulling up to Baylor Ballpark now for that one. I get to cover that one tonight. We'll be live in both shows tonight, 6 and 10. Matt Lively's up in Crossbow with China Spring tonight. Um, I'm excited about Bos- Bosqueville Valley Mills. I think Hunter Hennickson on the mound. Um, is what I'm expecting to the Bulldogs. Uh, gives them something uh, interesting to be able to force a game three. Um, and I think, you know, sports have a way of humbling people. And I wasn't in that dugout. I don't know what the attitude like, but I can tell you that uh, it seemed like it was either nerves or that they didn't take Valley Mills as seriously because they slept them during the regular season. But something got to Bosqueville early on. I mean, two pitches in, it's one nothing. Matt. 
and that's it. Like, you know, you hit you hit the batter on the first pitch of the game. The next guy throws a bunt or puts a bunt down. Then the throwing error scores a run on what should have been a sacrifice bunt. That, I mean, something happened at that point, and I remember uh, just going, what just happened? And it possibly kind of never really recovered from that. Um, it, I mean, they dug the hole, and they couldn't all get all the way out of it. Um, I really want to see how they respond tonight um, because I think a, I think a game three tomorrow would be something that was just incredibly fascinating to watch um, at Baylor Ballpark. And if you're a, you know if you're just a, looking for a good baseball game tonight here in the Greater Waco area, uh, the third baseline at Baylor Ballpark offers shade around seven o'clock at night, and you <laughs> should get there because that month that that's it's going to be a great game. Crawford played really well the other night. Saw Ward there in the press box at McCombs Field. Um, Ward's one of my favorite human beings. Uh, and, you know, that was a really, really good game. Um, and they did what they needed to do. They came out to a quick start and then held them off at the end. Um, something that they kind of got used to doing. Kind of, you know, working around, running out of steam in the circle, which is something that happens in 2A programs. And Kenzie Jones talked about it after the game. even like, yeah, we, that, we talk about that. That's part of what we plan for. So Crawford did a really nice job on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, you know, getting the win in the state title game. That's what two and three seasons and four all time, uh, four in 10 years. And so uh, really good time to be a central Texas sports fan. So if you're not in prosper right now, get to Baylor ballpark tonight. That's going to be a fun one. All right. You heard the man Curtis Quillen and uh, we had great praise for uh, Ward. I like Ward, but the, the, who I really like is his dog Coco, the German shepherd Coco. Wonderful animal, and uh, I, I've really uh, bonded with Coco, although I fear that if Ward gave Coco the command, Coco would, uh, would, would take care of me in a, in a heartbeat. But what a beautiful, <laughs> what a beautiful dog that is. All right, um, Curtis, always enjoy it. The, the sports director of Channel 6, Curtis Quillen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, Matt. Enjoy your weekend. There he goes, uh, Curtis Quillen.